We're going to start in Genesis 32 this morning, a very strange story, one of the more supernatural stories in the Bible. This is the story of Jacob wrestling God. And I hope you know who Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are. In Genesis, Abraham is the father of all of Israel and the, the nation of the Jews. And, and then he had his son Isaac, and Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. And they were twin brothers. The story of Jacob and Esau is one of conflict and competition. Uh, when they were born, Esau came out first, and Jacob came out of the womb holding on to Esau's foot, his heel. So the name Jacob means one who grasps or grappler, uh, somebody who is a deceiver or a trickster, a liar in a selfish way. And that proved out in the rest of his life. He stole Esau's blessing. He stole Esau's birthright, uh, which was the inheritance rights. He has to run for his life from his brother, and his dad was really angry with him too. And then he into another land where he works for his future father-in-law. He falls in love with a girl named Rachel, and his, his future, his father-in-law actually tricks him and marries him to an older sister that he doesn't love and doesn't like. And eventually he gets to marry both sisters, and there's more competition and hurt feelings and striving there. But he has 12 sons, and who are the 12, become the 12 tribes of Israel. And decades after the story of him tricking his father with the fur on his arms and the soup, and he steals Esau's inheritance. Uh, decades later, Esau, after these two brothers have not spoken for 30 years, Esau says, I'd like to meet. And Jacob is quite scared. Esau says that he wants to meet in peace, but Jacob doesn't know. And there he's traveling back to meet his brother Esau, and and he ends up by himself in, in this journey. And in that night, we get this very strange story where a man shows up and they wrestle all night long. Genesis 32, 24 to 31. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaks. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Penuel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Penuel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. So this man, at first we don't know who he is. We don't know anything about why he ends up there. Why do he and Jacob wrestle? The word is actually fight. It could be translated boxing or fighting. But it's generally by the Jews themselves. They translate it wrestling, and we can see that it is because Jacob's got a hold of the man and he won't let go, so they're not necessarily boxing. But it just means they're, they're fighting. Why are they wrestling? Don't know. They wrestle all night long. And then, somehow, Jacob knows that this is God. So in the Old Testament, there are numerous occasions where God shows up as a man. 
And if you took a seminary class or a Bible college class, you would, the, the term that would be used is this is a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ because Jesus is the man who was God. Hello? So anytime there's a man in the Old Testament, the man that appears to Joshua before he attacks Jericho, the man that comes and eats with Abraham uh, before Sodom and Gomorrah get destroyed, and this man here that wrestles Jacob, it's Jesus. This is Jacob and Jesus wrestle all night long. And Jesus has to cheat to beat him. He, touch, he can't beat him. And he touches him on the hip and takes his femur bone out of his pelvis socket. And Jacob still won't give up. He hangs on to him until he gets his blessing. So I don't know a whole lot of re- about wrestling. So I got a couple of guys who are going to come up and give us a wrestling lesson. You want to come on up, guys? This man in the blue is Mikhail, a star wrestler for Embler High School. In the stripes is Robbie, star wrestler for Legrand High School. So if you're in a wrestling match, all right, so uh, tell us again how, how we start out in, in the first round. Uh, we're going to start in neutral. So you guys are both up um, on a mat. They're going to have this two lines and then a red and a green line, and a red person with the red anklet's going to put their foot on that line, and then the green's going to do the same thing, and the ref's going to make you shake hands, then he's going to whistle, and you guys are going to go. Okay, so you're not locked up or touching each other. You just go from that position. And what is your strategy here? I usually like to grab the arm and then shoot for a leg and try to take him down and pin him. Okay, so you're try- when you're pulling his arm and going for his leg, you're trying to get him on his back. Exactly. And that's a pin. And that- okay, does that end the round? Yes. No, pin okay. Ends the whole- pin ends the whole match. Pin the whole match. A pin is a win. Okay. okay, it's not just points, it's victory. Okay, but otherwise you can get points from different kinds of moves. Yeah, like takedowns, and then for each second you have them on their back, like on one shoulder you get near fall, and then you can get two points for reversal and then one for escape. Okay. All right, so show us a little bit. We're gonna, I told him to go 75% speed, 75% strength, because we don't want to knock over the keyboard or anything. But here we go. Okay, 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 time out. There's <laughs> a little bit of size difference. Would you guys wrestle each other, or are you in different weight classes? Yeah, he's three classes ahead of you. All right, you're doing awesome. You're, you're doing awesome. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's anything there but abs. That's pretty. Okay, all right, so two minutes. If, if nobody pins, that goes for two minutes, right? Yeah, so if no one pins, it's going to be two, two minutes. And then for, yeah, that's very embarrassing. Tech Paul is if you win, the other guy beats you by 15 points. If he's 15 points ahead, they're going to cross their arms and going to say Tech Paul, and then it's over. Okay, so two minutes, and, and, and there's three rounds of two minutes. And you guys are already breathing hard. You know, went for like, yeah, we're not two, you know, for like 20, 30 seconds. Okay, okay, so then second round starts in a different position. One of you is down and one of you is on top. So, uh, so Rob, explain what's going on here. So you get in, you get on bottom, you usually get like this, you have your hands down, and then he gets in referee's position, and then I am trying to get away from him, but he's trying to break me down, or hold me down, or pin me, so. Okay, and you said first service, this is not necessarily a disadvantaged position. Yeah, if you're quick and agile, you can usually get out. If you can get behind him, it's two points. If you get out and escape, it's one point. All right, so slightly controlled. 
Now what are you going to do, Mikhail? <laughs> so they normally don't have somebody push a mic in their face, but what are you going to do, Robbie? <laughs> okay, 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 all right. <laughs> Give these guys a hand. So you're trying to get points by reversal means, you, like if you would have got been able to get up on top of him after that, then that's a reversal, yeah. and that's two points? Yeah. Okay, all right, but if you get away, that's just one. Yeah. Okay, all right, and uh, so that goes on for two minutes, three times, so, so you guys are really huffing and puffing, and I don't think I could do that for 20 seconds. All right, so do you think that wrestling is the most strenuous sport there is? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I don't care. for sure, for sure, Okay. Can you imagine doing that with your, with your leg bone out of your pelvis bone? No. I'd be done. You would tap out. You couldn't lose, use that leg at all. Yeah. I'm sure you, your leg is completely useless. Okay, if you're in Jacob's position. Yeah. Yeah, okay, thank you. Give these guys a big hand. First service, Robbie said six minutes. Yeah, first six minutes is exhausting and, and you're just done. And I'm sure your leg's... In, arms and everything's pretty wobbly. Jacob went all night. All night. They went at it. Whatever that means. And then God had to cheat to beat him. It says, it says he, he touched him on the hip and made his leg bone come out of his pelvis. If you're an Orthodox Jew, when they eat Passover, they do not eat this joint uh, on the lamb because that's the joint that the angel touched at, in, on Jacob's hip. He walked with a limp the rest of his life. And they won't eat that hip. And the rabbis will make a, make a deal about it that, that God did not touch his hip. He struck him. I'll tell you, God struck Jacob and injured him while they were wrestling in order to be able to beat him. So we have this very strange, very supernatural story where we have a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus. The man who is God comes to Jacob as he is on his way back to be restored to his brother that he cheated decades ago. And they start wrestling, fighting. We don't even know why. What we know is through the story is that Jacob knows somehow that this is an angel. He thinks probably at first. Eventually he figures out it was God himself. But he, we know that Jacob wants a blessing, and he's going to pin this guy down and get his blessing. God's motives are not really told as to why he's doing this, but we know that Jacob was so tenacious that God had to injure him in order to defeat him. That's pretty amazing, that Jacob and God were equals. I'll come back around to that. After God dislocates his hip, he still won't give up. In pain, and in not just pain, but the inability to function in a wrestling match, Jacob still holds on. He will not quit. And then the man tells Jacob to let him go. And Jacob says, no. God tells Jacob to do this thing, and Jacob says, No, I'm not letting go until you bless me. Isn't that amazing? That's some serious tenacity. But if you know the story of Jacob, you know his personality.
personality and it totally fits. Jacob never, ever gave up until he got what he wanted. He never quit. Even when God tells him to quit, he won't. So in this wrestling position, you saw how these guys are crawling all over each other, using both hands, both legs, their necks. I mean, they're really wrapped around each other. In that position, when Jacob has a leg out of socket and the angel has told him to quit, and he won't, one on top of the other, or under, and then they're wrapped all around, God says to Jacob, when they're face-to-face this close, he says, what is your name? He makes Jacob say his name, which means liar, deceiver, grabber, somebody who steals. He makes Jacob say, I am a liar and a thief, which he was, if you know his story. He lied multiple times. He stole from multiple people. He's not a good man. But as soon as he confesses who he is, God gives him a new name, which is Israel. Israel, if you, if you translate that in English, just syllable for syllable, it means fights God. The rabbis will tell you it means the one who wrestles with God. God took Jacob's name, which means grappler, grasper, thief, and he used the same idea that you are a grasper, a fighter, a striver, and you're fighting with me. Jacob is meant to be a negative name from his mother and father. Israel is meant to be a positive name from God. You know what? I made you somebody who strives. I made you somebody who's a fighter, who's hard-headed and stubborn and will never give up. But you're going to do that with me, not with your brother and your dad and your father-in-law and your wives. You see it? This wrestling match between Jacob and God is not a negative thing. It's a very positive thing. God presents it to us in his word as something very positive that Jacob would struggle with him. And the nation of Israel takes that. Their name means we struggle with God as equals. And they take that as a very positive thing, that God picked us out of all the nations, and he picked us, and we're his chosen people, and we struggle with him. We duke it out. With God, and the, and the New Testament says we, the church, are the Israel of God. We're the ones who wrestle with God. The man gives Jacob the new name, a new identity, and then he blesses him, and then it's over. Doesn't say whether the man just got up and walked off, or Jacob lets him go, or whatever. But Jacob got his blessing. Jacob said, "I'm not letting you go until you bless me." And the man blesses him. So. Jacob lets him go, and then and the guy is never mentioned again. He's gone out of the story. Jesus uh, just walks off, I guess. And Jacob realizes somehow, probably when the man disappears <laughs> into thin air, he realizes it's God. And he is afraid, and he names the place Penuel, which means the face of God. As he said, I have seen God face to face, and I lived to tell about it. So he names the place Penuel, and it says as soon as he crossed over Penuel, which is still known today, it's on the Jabbok River northeast of the Sea of Galilee in what is today the country of Syria, 
He names it Penuel, and he crosses over the river, and it says, and the sun came up. So I want to talk to you about visiting Penuel this morning. Penuel means the face of God, or to be face-to-face with God. But Jacob was not just face-to-face with God. You saw those guys in all their positions up here. Wrestling is a super intimate sport. And you're not just face-to-face, your face ends up in some rather inconvenient places (laughs) when you're wrestling. God and Jacob were grappling, struggling with each other in a wrestling sense. It wasn't just face-to-face. It is, I have known God, and we have touched each other, we have fought each other in a very close and personal way, and I live to tell about it. Penuel is the place where you meet God face to face. First thing I want to point out is that, that this was not a place of rapturous praise and spine-tingling worship, and this isn't David on his harp out in the wilderness singing to the sheep in peace. This is a dark and lonely place. This is a night when Jacob is afraid for his life, and it's in the night, and he is all by himself. Penuel is a dark and lonely place. There are other places we can meet God, for sure, but at Penuel it will be dark and lonely. You will be all by yourself. And you'll be afraid. Something bad is coming and God will show up. You very rarely see the face of God in a crowd. You're going to see God when you're by yourself. Jacob was all by himself in the middle of the night. It's a place of struggle. We tend to think of being in the presence of God as a feeling that's positive and goosebumpy. And it's in, in a revival meeting and it's in rapturous worship and big music and but God is just as much there when you are in agony in the middle of the night when you are in terror when you are facing serious trouble God will show up in the struggle he will be the struggle it's a place of wounding where God does the wounding God had to break Jacob's strength Because Jacob's strength was all pride and selfishness. And God had to break that in order to defeat him. And don't act all shocked that I said God and Jacob are equals in strength. Because there's lots of times where you knew what God wanted you to do and you defeated him. Either in fear or pride, you didn't do what he wanted. You were stronger than God. I've done it. Lots of times. You got real silent when I said God and Jacob are struggling as equals, but so are you. You've pulled some tricks to to defeat God in the wrestling match of your life. No, I'm not going to do what you want. And it was actually rather easy, wasn't it? Sometimes it is. Our pride and fear are very strong. It's a place of struggle. It's a place of wounding where God has to break through to defeat our strength. Because our, our selfishness, our own plans and desires, and our willpower is so strong that he has to break something in order to get us to give in. It's a place of confession. The man who is God, who's wrestling with Jacob, says, Tell me your name. And Jacob says, My name is Liar. That's who I am. 
I'm a deceiver. I'm a selfish, greedy man. That's what his name means. It's a place of confession. God will force you to be honest about who you are, whatever that means. But he isn't doing it just to shame you or defeat you or squash you. He's doing it so that once you realize who you are, then he can give you a new identity. So Penuel is a place of confession, but it's also a place of identity. God says, yes, you know what? I made you a grappler, a fighter, a scrapper, a wrestler. I made you that, but I have a redeemed purpose for it. You're not going to be fighting and lying for selfish reasons. I'm going to redeem you and you're going to wrestle with me. Do you see it? It's the same name. It's the same core identity. Just God redeems it, gives him a new, a new name. And then he blesses him. It's the place of blessing and it's the place of faith. The next morning, Genesis 33, the next chapter, says Jacob erected an altar there and called it God, the God of Israel. Jacob builds an altar and names the altar God, the God of Israel, the morning after this. I want to go back and show you some scriptures from previous in Jacob's life. In Genesis 28, is right after he has stolen Esau's blessing, he's lied to his dad with the help of his mother. He's run for his life. He comes to a place named Bethel, and he sees angels descending and ascending on this stairway. We call it Jacob's Ladder. It's a stairway where the angels are coming and going up, and God speaks to Jacob, and this is what he says. Yahweh was standing there beside him saying, I'm Yahweh, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. You see what's missing? Hundreds of times probably in the Old Testament. God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God doesn't say that here because he isn't Jacob's God yet. I'm the God of your grandpa and your dad. And here in this place, God doesn't require anything of Jacob. He just says, I will protect you, and I will go with you, and I will bless you. And I'm going to turn your family into a great nation. And Jacob goes on. Next, from Genesis 31. His father-in-law that he's worked for, for two decades or more, he's married two of this man's daughters and has now 12 sons, and we don't know how many daughters. Uh, he has stolen all of the good, the good livestock from his father-in-law through this selective breeding process where he ends up with all the quality sheep and goats and his father-in-law ends up with all the bad stuff that wouldn't win the Eastern Oregon Stock Show. <laughs> and Laban gets angry and says, you've robbed me of all my good livestock. And Jacob says this, Genesis 31, if the God of my father, the God of Abraham, the fear of Isaac had not been with me, certainly now you would have sent me off empty-handed. See what's missing? Mm -hmm. Okay, and then the morning before he wrestles with Jesus, Genesis 32.9, on his way to visit Esau, and he thinks Esau is coming to kill him for what he did 20 or 30 years ago. Jacob prayed, O God of my grandfather Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, you told me, return to your own land and to your relatives, and you promised me I will treat you kindly. There it is again. Jacob does not own God yet. It's grandpa's God. It's dad's God. And I know you're there and I believe in you. But he hasn't wrestled with God yet. This chapter, Genesis 32, he wrestles with God, and then we come to 33, 
and he builds an altar and names it the God of Israel. Now, you're used to that phrase meaning the nation of Israel, but that, there's no nation yet. Who's the God of Israel? It's the God of Jacob. He names his altar, now you're my God. We duked it out. You know what? You and I had some things to work out. We fought all night. Okay, you're my God. You see that he's accepted the identity God gave him. He's using his new name, and now you're my God. You're not just dad and grandpa's God. Not just mom and grandma who have faith. I have faith. Now you're my God. I will obey you. And then we come years and years later, decades later, he is 147 years old. And he's blessing his sons before he dies. And he's got Joseph and Joseph's two sons here. And he says, Genesis 48, 15, he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my grandfather Abraham and my father Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this very day, the angel who has redeemed me from all harm, may he bless these boys. Jacob's life changed at Penuel. He had no faith before. He knew God was there, and all of his prayers were, God, if you'll bless me, that'd be great. Now it is, I walk with God, and he's my God. He's my shepherd, just like the generations before, and now he is blessing his grandsons. Instead of him grasping for what he wants out of life, he's giving it away to future generations in his family. Your faith struggle will reap benefits for your grandkids. So what happens when God wounds you at Penuel? What happens when God meets you face to face and you wrestle with him for his blessing? What happens when he tells you who you are? That's the place of faith. It's the place of peace. It's where you come to real submission. It's where God tells you who you are. Jacob started out being selfish and he's robbing others to get what he wants. God reveals himself to him and Jacob believes as he's there. He knows he's real, but he isn't serving him and he isn't obeying him. God says, I will keep you. Jacob says at Bethel, his prayer is, God, if you'll bless me and make me rich, I'll let you be my God. What a great prayer, huh? Yeah, but that's mostly our prayer. God, I need this and God, I need that. And God, fix that. And God, keep this from happening. And, and, and it's just a shopping list. I'll make you my God when you answer my prayer list. Yeah, we've all been there and done that. And then he goes and he works and he gets married and he has kids and he builds his business and his wealth, and, but he needs to be restored to his brother, but his, he thinks his brother's coming to kill him. And again, he, he has great need and God shows up, but God doesn't show up this time to show him angels and glory. God shows up to fight him. Not because God's angry, not because God wants to resist Jacob, I'm just going to break you, son. I'm going to make you admit who you are, and then I'm going to tell you who you are. God injures him. He has to break through his own, Jacob's fleshly strength. Jacob thinks he's wrestling him for another blessing. God's there to, yeah, I am here to bless you, but it's going to look a little different than what you think. God wounds him, and that wound stays for the rest of his life. He limped the rest of his life. But he gets a new identity out of that, and he gets faith. And he's at peace. And he's a faithful man the rest of his life. So some of you are in a position where you need God. You need something from God. I need help. Well, wrestle him for it. 
God, I need healing. Fight him for it. God, I don't understand why this is happening, or I don't understand why this is not happening. Wrestle with him. Do it. When you have a promise that isn't happening, fight him. I don't mean fight him because he's resisting giving you the blessing or the healing or what you need, but that it is a fight. Isn't it a fight to know what God wants from us? Isn't it a fight to know who you are, who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing? Isn't it a fight to confess your sin? That pride rises up, no, I don't want to admit that about myself. It's a fight. It's God wrestling you. Duke it out with him. God, here's the promise. Here's my situation. What about that? Let him have it. God's looking for somebody to wrestle with. We are the Israel of God. God, I don't know who I am. I don't know who I'm supposed to be. We'll get in his face. Find out. Go to Penuel, the face of God, and you will find out. God, I need a blessing. Hang on tight when it hurts. Jacob is not only hangs with God all night long in strength and endurance and stamina, but then when God injures him, he still won't let go. Even then when God tells him, let me go, he says no. <laughs> That's a stubborn guy. If you have a stubborn kid, take heart. That kid's going to accomplish great things for God. Once God actually gets a hold of him and through to him, he's going to do great things. You want to know what your anointing or your gift is? Fight God for it. Not because he's holding it back or he doesn't want to give it to you, but it is, it is a fight. It is a struggle to find these things and to understand God and his will and his ways and to even under, understand ourselves. It's wrestling with God. Is my faith actually my own or is it just my family or the way I was raised? Well, wrestle God and find out. God does not appreciate wimps who just take whatever happens and say, well, I guess it must be the will of God. You just rolled over and got pinned. God's like, well, that wasn't any fun. I wanted some competition. Stand up and fight! And all of you who were here last Sunday saying, but Mitch, you told us last week to give up our expectations and quit trying to be in control and quit trying to get God to do things. Yes, wrestle with that. Take that and wrestle with it all you want. Yes, surrender, and yes, fight. It's both at the same time. God wants an equal to wrestle with. Somebody who can match me, move for move, strength for strength, endurance for endurance. Let's go. Come on. This will be fun. <laughs> you are Israel, the one who wrestles with God. Accepting your lot in life without an effort of faith is just, Sam Fiorito told me first service, his coach used to call it being a fish. You just roll over and flop and you get pinned. Get your face stuffed in the mat and you're done. God doesn't appreciate those kind of Christians. Life gets tough, they just whine and quit. 
Neither does he appreciate the people who pout and quit when they can't pin him down. We're not going to pin God down. <laughs> Jacob wanted to pin God down, and so do we. God, I want you to do this, and I want you to do it this way and right now. And if you don't, I quit. God wants to wrestle. Come on, let's duke this out. You and me, let's go. Why does he do that? Why does he come to us in the night and we struggle, we wrestle, and it's, it's tears or sweat or some, it's alternating good and bad days and it's, sometimes it's high faith and joy and dancing and other times it's blood, sweat, and tears. It's just the struggle. Don't quit, even when it hurts. Hang on tight till you get what you need from God. Do not give up. Even when Jacob was in his sinful expression of his personality, being selfish and greedy and robbing anyone he could rob to get what he wanted, the Bible says God liked him. He didn't like Esau because Esau was easily gave up. Jacob says, I'll trade you a bowl of soup for your inheritance. Okay. Esau didn't put up a fight. Esau was lazy and uh, wanted what he wanted in the moment. Jacob had a vision and a goal, and I'm going to fight for it, and I'm going to get what I want. And even when it was sinful and God had to break him of that, God liked Jacob. God likes fighters who think strong. It's either Proverbs or Ecclesiastes says, if you faint in the day of trouble, your strength is small. Don't give up when things get hard. Even when it seems like God is the one that hurts you, don't let go of him. Even when Jacob couldn't stand and couldn't wrestle, he's holding on to Jesus' arm or leg or something, and I am not letting you get away. You may feel like you can't do anything, but you can hang on. Don't give up. Go to Penuel. Find the face of God. It will be very intimate, personal, possibly dark and lonely experience. It will be your place of wounding, but it will be your place of blessing. It really will. You will find God. Lord, thank you for your encouragement in the story of Jacob that you can redeem anybody. Even when we're running from you, resisting you, even when we're living for ourselves, you like who you made us to be. And you aren't worried because you know what your plans for our future are. And you are going to redeem us. You're going to come and meet us face to face to reveal yourself to us, to force us to confess who we are and to break our pride and our fleshly strength. You're going to fight it out of us and make us into who you made us to be. You're going to redeem us. Lord, I bless every person here who's in a struggle of one way or another, Lord. I pray for courage, for strength, for boldness, for faith, for tenacity, to grab your arm and not let go, to not get offended when it's painful, to not give up when it goes on longer than we thought it should, to not get a pouty and quit because we're tired but to hang on until we have your blessing, until we know who you have made us to be, to know the name that you have called us, to receive your power.
power and your blessing and your salvation. Lord, there are some here who have been resisting you. I pray that you would get in their face and break their resistance. Reveal yourself to them. Let them know who you are and who they are. Lord, others are just in the fight of faith. They're in a place of faith, but it's a struggle. And it hurts. And there's questions. We need to see you, Lord. We need to know who you are. We have things we need to wrestle out with you. I pray for strength and faith and boldness that you would bring us across Penuel to the rising of the sun. Bring us out of the night and into the day where our faith is our own. We know that it's real. We know that you are our God and we'll serve you for the rest of our life no matter what it costs even if it leaves us with a limp. Your wound is your blessing. It's the place you broke through to us. Lord, I bless every person here with that kind of tenacious faith. The faith of Jacob, the faith of Israel, to wrestle with you and prevail. In Jesus' name, amen.